At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Wednesday morning, January 7, 2024. It is the Beating the Book podcast, our final megapod of the year. Ah, can't believe we've gotten here. Super Bowl 58, Super Bowl megapod. I think I said Super Bowl twice. It is your Super Bowl 58 Megapod. You get the idea. It's Gil Alexander, and it is the usual cast of characters, not just for the year, but also for our Super Bowl Megapod. This is kind of his slot. Uh, he's been kind enough to join us through the years. First of all, our regulars from his mom's cork attic, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the great Todd Wishnev. How you doing, Toddy? Hey, Gilly. Hey, Gilly. You look pretty good, man. You get your hair cut. You got your beard going, your mustache. I didn't get my hair cut. Oh, okay. Uh, you, sh- you showered? Can we go that far? Showering. Right. I mix in a shower every once in a while. Todd's like, I showered for this? Uh, and, and then the host of the Shoulda Bet More podcast, Will Hill, everybody. How you doing, Will? How you loving the podcast, man? You enjoy doing it? It's good. Yeah, it's been fun. It's good. It's, uh, it's hard to believe we're here at the end of football season. I just, you know, we start this off in, what, first few days of September, and then before you know it, the middle of February. It just comes and it goes really quickly. It's incredible. It is a lot of it's a lot of podcasts. Uh, it was a great year, though. Can I just tell you guys? I'll just tell you guys on air what I may have said to you off air. Best year I think of the Megapod ever. I think we had such. You guys are great. Always something interesting to say, and I think our guests week after week after week were always so insightful this year. There was always some random but interesting conversation, and I think that that sort of set this year apart. Now I'm supposed to Much ask, who did you like? Yeah. yeah, now I'm supposed to ask, who'd you like better than everybody else? But I won't ask that. No, man, you guys were great. Will, this is your first year, too, man. So you started off, uh, hit the ground running, man. Much appreciated. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and when you we talk to these people that come on and you can learn stuff from them, it, uh, it, it's very informative and it's entertaining. And that's the whole purpose. So and The fact that you had to ramp up because Wishnev wouldn't let you talk for like the first seven weeks. I right. thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Week eight, I finally got my first word and that was a yeah. big day for me. That was awesome. Top. I was trying to keep the quality content up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I understand. Uh, here's our guy who's always here. He's at least here once during the regular season, but he's always our Super Bowl guy because that is where he made his hay. That is how he became famous. It's Rufus Peabody, everybody. Half the Massey Peabody team, half of the Bet the Process uh, podcast hosting team with Jeff Ma, and of course, co-founder of Unabated. Less than half of Unabated. Less than half of Unabated. Yeah. What are you, like a third, a quarter, a fifth? What are you? Like a fifth, something like that. Like a fifth maybe. of Unabated? Who's it? You, Jack, and who else? There's some other people on the back oh, end. I don't want to know. Okay. Other people on the back end. 
No, Dan Fabrizio. Oh, yeah. I remember, remember Dan? Dan. Yeah. Dan Fabrizio. Wow. How's he doing? Matt Snyder, Kevin Casada. I don't know yeah. them. Yeah. Dan Fabri Jennings. What was Dan Fabrizio's uh, thing back in the day? Uh, it was Sports Insights. Sports there Insights. Sports Insights. Yeah. Um, I always confuse in my head Sports Insights and Sports Option. Remember that one? Right. Like, like right. even though I know they're not the, they're not the same at all, but that's right. In my head, somehow, like the now, names are similar enough. Now, Rufus was on a numbers game earlier this week. For the, so, for those who heard that, there's going to be a little repetition here. But um, for those who remember Rufus from previous years here on this podcast, uh, Rufus, beyond all the, the beyond the pedigree that I just mentioned is first and foremost, above all that, known as a very successful professional sports better. And you came to the fore, you came to prominence, or you, at least you came to the public knowledge, first from a Washington Post article over a decade ago about you betting Super Bowl props. And we talked a little bit about that. Um, still a go-to thing for you after all these years. It is, it's, it's changed a little bit. I'm not running around with the team of people trying to hit these openers in Las Vegas anymore um, because the openers don't really happen in Las Vegas anymore. Right. Uh, but we still are, we still have the, the band is back together. We're going to be betting this weekend. You know, uh, little Zach White flies in tomorrow. My brother flies in tonight. Train flies in tomorrow, I think as well. If today's Wednesday, I'm losing track of the days. Little Zach, Big Zach train. Those are three. Well, Big Zach's mad dog. He's Big not. Big Zach's he's, mad dog. Yeah. Okay. Little Zach Mad Dog Train. Little Zach, my brother, Train. Oh, so um, not the f so not the full band, but not most the of the band. band. Okay, and your brother has seamlessly gone in. He has. How do you enjoy working with your brother? It's good. I mean, Tom like provides. I think his skill set is 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 complimentary. Um, okay. You know, he's he's not doing the modeling like I am, but he's very good at um, at managing all the relationships we have, um, getting us accounts, keeping on top of that trading. Um, he's learned a lot, and he's he's an invaluable member of the team. And you said on the show the other day that you anticipate, you can't know this for sure, but you anticipate having $2 million in action here on this game on props. Yeah. If we don't, then I, that's, if we don't, then I didn't plan accordingly. What do you mean by that? Just logistics and stuff. I'm not going to oh. get into details. Okay. Sorry. Logistical. A, a lot of, a lot of it is logistical planning and trying to okay. figure out where you get want to deploy your capital. Like, how much do I want in the FanDuel app? How much do I want, like, how much do we want, like, to go into the Westgate app? How much do we want for someone at, at stations, you know, to bet there, right? Like, so it's, it's, like, it, how flexible are we? It wouldn't be a matter of not finding enough edge. It would just be the logistical part of it. It could be finding not, not enough of an edge. But I, that I ever... hope that's not the case. The thing is, there will always be edges, it feels like. Right. Even if they're not the huge edges on game day, like, betting player X to not score two touchdowns, things like that, where, you know, if I'm laying minus 700, you know, on something I think should be minus 936, right. that's an edge. It's not a huge ROI, but. Yeah. Okay. So the di the biggest difference you were talking about, you back in the day you used to do the whole thing. And we remember it if we were in Vegas, you know, the Westgate could be relied on to have their opening props at a certain time and date during the week. It used to be Tuesdays before be they went to Thursday. Tuesdays and then to Thursdays, right? Two-week run-up, but the, the week before the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And then the other books, it would always be like, word about, oh, my God, the South Point just opened. Oh, my God, the, the William Hill just opened, you know, and, and that was the third thing. But now you're saying of that $2 million, 
you've got 50,000 in play so far, yeah. and you are about to do 1.95 million of that, and we're doing this Wednesday morning, three days before the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm a little, I mean, we've never had this small an amount bet at this point. We just haven't really, we just haven't really done anything yet. Okay, so, it, on, so on Monday, on Monday when you were on a numbers game, you were pretty nonchalant about it. You're a little more nervous about it now? I'm not nervous. I'm just overwhelmed with the work I have to do still. Okay. And didn't get and, enough and sleep. You're, and you're still doing it right now. I'm not doing it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, well, like, who G.I. or Brown is, but... <laughs> <laughs> Can, can I tell people with the notebook that you have that you were writing all your notes in? So Ruf, sure. Rufus sits down and he plops, he plops this down in front of me as he's doing his notes. And his a notebook is, is titled, uh, this is actual printed, uh, Living with a Micro Penis, Overcoming the Stigma of Having a Small Penis, which is a real conversation starter. It's, it was a gift from a friend. It's so great. <laughs> I would totally get one of those. Just, to, just sit down next to somebody, next to a girl, pop that down and be like, hey, <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? Um... Like you said, it can only be it can only be a surprise for me. She, there, she right? can't say I didn't warn her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so that's where you are right now. Do you have anything? And we'll start. We'll bring in Todd and Will for this. Do you, do you on the side and the total? Will you have anything? By the way, it should also be noted that Rufus just asked me if I could if he could borrow ten bucks from me to to pay the valet downstairs. I, I, it turns out I didn't bring my wallet. Yeah. With me. <laughs> so there's that also. I was I was in the car and I was like, where's my wallet? Yeah. Oops. <laughs> um, do you have anything on the side in total? Will you have anything on the side in total? I don't. I probably won't, but I probably will have stuff that might be correlated with it. So I might have like al some alternate totals or alternate sides or things like that, but not on the primary game market. And the alternate ones will be because they are not priced correctly. Probably. Probably. I mean, yes. Yes. Because otherwise, why would I otherwise, bet something if it was priced correctly? But is that but is that always going to but, – but what else goes into that? If it's not just the pricing being incorrect, what else – when you mean correlate, you're not going to have a play on the thing, but you're going to have someone alternate just because there's a variance of outcomes that you will have. Well, I think I'll have things that are correlated to the under most likely in okay. general. So I may not have an alternate total on the game, but I'll probably have like – Props. Patrick Mahomes to have zero touchdown passes okay. or, or a lot of props that are going to be correlated to the under. I probably, I mean, I'll have some correlated to the over as well. Okay. Probably to some of the tail events. Like, I mean, was the, there was a lot of scoring last year, wasn't there? In the Super Bowl last yeah. year? Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember the score. Yeah. 38-35, um, I think. Yeah, that was, it was really high scoring. And we actually had a really good Super Bowl. We returned over 10%. Um, so kind of ran where we expected to. But if you had told me the score was there were 70 points scored, I would have said that we probably lost a lot. So I think we're more diversified than we used to be in that regard. 38-35, as Will we, said. We made a lot year. of money on, on defensive player stuff last year and betting against sacks. We were very anti-sack, and it turns out the field conditions were um, in our favor. Yes, they, we, we they complained. did not anticipate that. They complained very much about that, those field conditions. Both teams did. By the way, are you familiar with Fieldgate this year? No. About the practice facilities? No, it doesn't have anything to do with Tell me, itself. please. The uh, Niners are very upset at their field conditions at UNLV. Are they practicing at, like, Sam Boyd Stadium or something? So whatever UNLV gave them. Um, you know, because the Chiefs get the Raiders practice facilities, all their, you know, state-of-the-art indoor and outdoor stuff. Well, why do they get that? Does it's are random. they the home team? I, that, that must be it, yes. Cause it's, every a designation, it's a designation of who the home team is. Yeah, it's pre-designated pre pre locations for every Super Bowl. So it's like NFC, AFC alternates. Correct. So... So that means the Chiefs got a good one last year. 
they got a nice, probably a nicer practice facility last year. Or sorry, then no. no, actually, wait, no, the no, Chiefs, the, the, the Chiefs, did. the Chiefs got a bad practice facility last right. year. Sorry, the difference, and though, they still won. The difference here, though, being that, like the Niners went ahead, they they're like, wait a minute, it, the field is spongy, we can get players hurt on this, and there's something called a G-max score. First time I've ever heard this which quantifies the ability of the playing surface to absorb the kinetic energy from a collision. The lower the score, the more energy the field absorbs, potentially creating an injury risk for the player in question. Typically, a GMAC score is between 70 and 80. The Niners practice field only got a 48. Ooh. They only did, they did a bunch of quick improvements that got to the low 50s. Roger Goodell completely dismisses it. And so what ends up happening is that the, probably tomorrow when the practices get a little more serious, the Chiefs are going to go to the Raiders, excuse me, the Niners are going to go to the Raiders practice facility. They're going to practice super duper early. The Niners are pissed behind the scenes that Goodell could have told the Chiefs, well, at least move their practice so we can get a better practice time. Goodell wasn't willing to do that. He's like, go take it up with the Chiefs. Jed York said, it's not the Chiefs' problem. They didn't create this problem. So the Niners, even though Shanahan out loud is like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. We're not worried at all. They're a little pissed. And they and they almost went back to Santa Clara to practice. Well, it's the whole script, right? Haven't you heard? Oh, right. That's like the right. Chiefs are going to win because of Taylor Swift. That's exactly right. Yeah. So this is all part of the plan. Todd? So maybe I will bet on the Chiefs. Maybe there it is. End of show. Todd, did you have anything on the side or total? Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. I, um, I'm just going to in-game it. Willie? I do think what Todd said about in-gaming, it's probably the better way to go just because at two, there are some two and a halves. Like these live markets are so sensitive where if San Francisco gets the ball first and gets a couple of first downs across this midfield or Kansas City gets it first and goes three and out, you're probably going to get a three and a half at some point or a three at some point in this game. That two, two and a half is a little bit of a dead number. But just directionally, I like Kansas City here. I think you're getting obviously the better quarterback. I think you're getting the better defense. You're getting a couple of points. I, I like read more than Shanahan uh, there's a major kicking advantage with the Chiefs and, and that's just a lot and you know we talked about this on a numbers game where it's possible the AFC is just much better than the NFC if you look at the head-to-head -head with San Francisco struggling against these AFC teams I mean they got beat handily by the Bengals they lost to PJ Walker and the Browns they got buried by the Ravens the Ravens killed the 49ers the Lions the Seahawks uh, the Cowboys got buried by the Bills the Cowboys lost to the Dolphins so we went into the season thinking there's a gap between the AFC and the NFC. The AFC is a much better conference. I think with San Francisco, Dallas, and Philly playing well middle of the season. Remember, Philly was 10-1. and one, Dallas looked good. I think it swung the other way. We thought, all right, maybe these conferences are equal. Maybe we were right all along, and there's a little bit of a gap between the AFC and the NFC. So uh, I, I do like the Chiefs. I, I don't feel great about it. I, again, it's a tricky game because the Chiefs have been playing so much better recently, but the 49ers were the better team all season. But taking the points with the Chiefs in what is pretty much a toss-up game, I think is the way to go here. Yeah, I'll do my greatest hits here. And uh, you can, you know, to the extent you want to agree or disagree with any of this, but I think your your point about the conferences is a fascinating one because it's so apparent. It's staring us in the face. We've lived with it for a whole season. And I'm not sure that we're really focusing on that. But it, my thing is, you can look at this game two ways from a macro standpoint. One is... On Christmas night, when both the Chiefs, Todd and I watched this Chiefs-Raiders game on Christmas Day, where the Chiefs looked horrific. And Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass the last three quarters of the game, and the Raiders still won. They barely, like, did design blitzes on Mahomes. He got pressured at a high rate, and when he wasn't pressured, he was patting the ball back there, looking for receivers desperately. If you had told us that day, 
oh, the Chiefs are still going to be in the Super Bowl. We would have just been flabbergasted. Like, There's no way. And then later that night, the Niners got crushed. Brock Purdy had his laying of the egg game by the Ravens. And even with those two losses, the Niners probably would have been five or six point favorites on a neutral that day, even with those bad losses. That's one way to look at the game of, hey, just six weeks ago, the Niners would have been way more of a favorite. The other way is exactly what Will was saying, which is do a T-chart, do the checkmark thing. Think, so, think about old Jimmy the Greek. Quarterback, check Chiefs. Coaching, check Andy Reid. Tight ends, Travis Kelsey, body of work, even, even Kittle being as good as he is, check Chiefs. Kicker, Butker, big check. Mark. Why is he a big check mark over Moody? <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious here. Moody is a Moody is a rookie who has looked horrible of late. Okay, Moody hasn't missed an extra point this year. I feel like if you look at like if you look just at the field goals, you throw out the extra points. There's a lot of signal in like making what was it like 45 out of 45 extra points, oh. something like that. Well, Whereas Butker's missed some extra points. So I, I thought think he missed like, one extra point. Moody I mean, did. Okay, sorry. Same. I thought he like, missed one, but still. Maybe, maybe he did. Jake, Mo- Jake Moody was 21 of 25 on field goals this this regular season. Now we're talking. Uh, Two of three from 50 plus, he missed one extra point. 21 of 25. Easy one in the rain in Cleveland to cost me two bets uh, against in that Cleveland game. In in the rain. In the the rain. It's not going to be raining. In the postseason. I mean, I hope it's not raining. In the green, was it the Green Bay game where he got the field goal kicked at the end of the first half when Shanahan botched it? He got the field goal. He missed the kick in both postseason games. Both postseason games. games He's missed in a row. And Harrison, the other thing, hold on, Harrison, you let, let me just finish, Todd. Harrison but, Butker's 30, was this regular season was 33 of 35. He was perfect from 50 plus, 5 of 5. He was perfect on extra points, 38 of 38. And uh, in that first postseason game, I believe he was 4 of 4 from field goals and 2 for 2 from the extra points. I can't remember what he was in the second one. But, um, or, in the, or in the, in the, in the, uh, in the second or third. But that's the latest stat I have right in front of me. Butker is by far the better kicker. I have a question for you. Is, yeah. is, do we, how much does like kicker skill improve at age like 28 versus age 27? And like, how much are we, should, how much should we, we be waiting previous seasons? Like, for example, last year, Butker was 38 for 41 in extra points. Like, career, he's only 94.5% in extra points. Yeah. He's been in the league a long time. You, you always see this with a kicker will have a really good year um, with the team, maybe after being released by another team because he was kicking poorly. Your points, you see this all the time. Like point, it's a small sample size. Your point is well taken. Would you put? You would not put the check mark for Butker, is what you're saying? I would put a small okay. check mark, but I don't think That's it's a big I check mark. <laughs> I don't right. think it's a big. I'm check making mark. a point. It's like when when Let someone interrupts. Butker last year was 18, 18 for 24 on field goals last year. 18 for 24, 75 percent. That had to be one of the low marks in the league. Anyway, you still said you put saying. the check mark for Butker last year going into this game. Probably last year, probably going into the Super Bowl, people were probably like, oh. Butker's a liability for the Chiefs. Like, but, Butker does not get the check mark. Okay, but the Niners certainly don't here. And so they also, for what Will's point was about schedule, Chiefs get the check mark. So I've just listed five check marks for the Chiefs, none for the Niners. The Niners' biggest check mark is their only check mark, which is a massive offensive advantage as a whole, as a collective, right? So I'm just saying uh, the, the spread on Christmas night, this check mark thing. Well, you you, can, you, you can, picked some random positions to give them the check marks, right? You're like tight end, kicker. You didn't say well, like. I'm, I'm just thinking of the bigger positions on. on okay, look. kicker, very big position. Well, it is, isn't it? You, you should be. Are you, are you taking kicker MVP odds? No, but if you're okay. wait a minute, are you minimizing the importance of a kicker? For sure. Well, then you're you got to be kidding me. In terms of like, I mean, all the kickers are so close together, except maybe the Detroit kicker in terms of value. It's. We're doing. It's like when Bill Maher gets interrupted on a bit. We're like, we're doing a bit here. 
I'm going through the whole thing. You you have still not refuted the point that the check mark should go to the Niners. We're listing. We're listing. I mean, they should go to the uh, Chiefs. The Chiefs get so many more. Are you disputing that they wouldn't get all those check marks? You th so you're saying the Chiefs are a more talented team than the 49ers? I, no, I'm saying the Niners. Listen, I got the Niners to be the Chiefs exact at 11 to 1. I got MVP. That's amazing. I got MVP uh, bets on only Niners. I'm financially into the Niners here. I want the Niners to win. But I'm just trying to make the case for both sides. And the biggest check marks, one could argue, are quarterback and coaching, which I think, given Kyle Shanahan's propensity to uh, choke it up in some of these games. I think that those are the two biggest check marks, though that large check mark on the Niners offense is what has me in the position I'm in. So, Gilly, what about the check mark about the two last two games? They shouldn't even be in the Super Bowl. That's exactly they right. They should have easily lost to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. They should have easily lost to the Detroit Lions. Now, granted, the Chiefs looked like absolute shit up until the last couple weeks, but Andy got in there, started cooking up things and doing his old Andy stuff. And Andy, I like Andy in a, in a, in a situation where he's not the the overwhelming uh, god. I like him when he's like a dog. I remember him in, in Philadelphia. I don't know if you guys remember when they first came up with Donovan McNabb and he they would be underdogs and they would cook up these amazing game plans. And that's what I felt like the last couple of weeks in the playoffs. He was cooking up some great game plans. He knows his team has deficiencies in catching the football specifically, but, you know, he cooked it up. And here's one other thing. And I said this to Cleve TA on our last Megapod. The San Francisco 49ers can't stop the run. Oh, that was that was my other and big the, check mark is that the Chiefs defense is currently a check mark too. And the Detroit Lions ran all over them, as did the Packers. And if Pacheco, this is why I'd like to in-game the game. And if Pacheco is going to get the ball handed off and gash for six and seven yards of play four times in a row, and then they run on third and twelve and get it like the like the Detroit Lions did, it's going to be a long day for the San Francisco 49ers defense, as it's been for many, many of the last couple of weeks. Now, granted, they're supposedly the better team from the whole year. I'm with you. And, and the reason I don't want to just take the Chiefs right off the bat is it looks too obvious to me, and it, it smells. Whenever in the NFL it looks too obvious, you got to be careful. And now you're going to get the Niners' best performance, you would think, after they know they shouldn't have been in there. But, you know, right off the bat, like you said, the Chiefs look better now. And, and right, and while and while that was happening, the Chiefs were beating the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Ravens. The uh, Felica just texted earlier that on ESPN they pulled 64 of their on-air personalities. Who's going to win the game? 49 said the Chiefs. So the Niners are winning, baby. Let's go. Yeah. That's, can that's we can we call him Pacheck Mark? <laughs> the problem is he probably doesn't get the check mark. I think McCaffrey gets the check. Of course mark. he does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that when it comes to offensive right. skill, it's it's all Niners. Anyway. The other a massive gap too. The, the 49ers skill guys compared oh. to the Chiefs guys. It's a yeah. massive, massive advantage. I will say this too. Yes. One more thing, like in support of the Chiefs. I think, like to Todd's point about the Chiefs dropping the ball, since the playoffs started, they've really weeded out some of these weak parts. I, I made the comparison earlier on a numbers game to a uh, baseball team when they get to the playoffs. They don't use their fifth starter. Sometimes they don't use their fourth starter. They, they don't use their lesser bullpen guys. It's just like their three or four best starters, their three best bullpen guys, because the guys like Tony. Um, Justin Watson, these guys have been weeded out. They really only trust Kelsey, Rice, Pacheco, and their usage has gone up, and they've kind of weeded out the other guys. I, uh, I also think that while it's important in any sporting event or while it's advantageous to score first, and I, I usually say this before game seven of a, of a playoff 
in hockey. Oh, if you score that first goal and you're up one to nothing in a game, say, oh, man, what a what a big advantage that feels like. I feel like these two teams were as, as offensively strong as we think of the Niners and as offensively strong as we think of Mahomes historically. If this team, if either of these teams fall behind one score, let alone two, and we've seen it with the Niners, you might be able to miraculously or improbably come back against the Lions or the Packers. It's a different thing against a Patrick Mahomes who seems to have embraced this game managerial thing that's going on with him. Like he gets that his defense is good. He gets that his offense is somewhat not somewhat, but considerably worse than it used to be in terms of his offensive options. Like, I don't know that the Niners can do that against Chiefs. And by the way, conversely, like, I don't think Mahomes wants to be in a position where he's got to outmatch the Niners' offense if they're down. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, you're forgetting, like, the Ravens, the Ravens were down, but the Ravens probably, I mean, you can make the argument they should have won that game. Oh, yeah. Um, you had the fumble into the end zone. Oh yeah. Right. You had the interception down the middle. Like you had, I mean, they, they the Ravens lost the turnover battle three, nothing. The chiefs averaged 4.4 yards per play. They didn't score in the second half. Like, I think that we're, we're picking and choosing narratives here. I, well, let me just say again, I am financially into the Niners. I'm just trying to make the case for both. I'm not financially into either yeah. team yet. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm just trying to say that there's so many different ways to look. I'm not picking and choosing. I'm trying to give every possible narrative there is. And I think that there is so – that's what makes this handicap so interesting, right? Because I do think you can lock into one of those and be convinced of it without thinking of the others. That's my I point. think if we were doing this show last week, I would have picked the 49ers. Like, I'm, I'm not being wish-washy for yeah. the sake of the content because, like, who wants to listen to a podcast? Well, I think this is why this team could win. Right. I think this is why that – I mean, there's then you're just – I don't know. I don't think that's fair. Like, um, I, I don't know. I bet the Chiefs – I like the Chiefs. I will say, like, I've been back and forth. Rufus, if you had to pick this game, who would you pick? Yeah, you're forced I mean, to. It's, it's tough because my numbers would say the Niners. Yep. Although, yep. to be honest, I didn't actually, I don't think I actually ran the Massey Peabody ratings this week because it's like, it's one, one game is not going to move the needle that much. That's, that's just right. the nature of the beast, right? Um, but, but going into this week it, or last week, it would have been Niners minus like 4.1. So you could say maybe it's now Niners minus three and a half or something like that, but not enough for me to bet it. And I, I do agree. I mean, it does feel like this is, it feels in my gut like the Chiefs, but. I probably would stick to my process and bet the 49ers if see, I was forced to. See, it feels in my gut that it's the Niners. Like, unless Brock Purdy just has that lay an egg game again, which I guess and he has in another, him. He's, it's a huge factor. It is. It, it is. is a huge factor. Maybe he how got the nerves out of the Jimmy, way now. Maybe. I don't know. We don't know. But yeah, he, he, How many Jimmy Garoppolo itches does he have? Inter interceptions that should have happened. Many, many, many. many. Hey, don't hate on Garoppolo. And, By the, and, oh, wait. And the other thing. I you know, will. the other thing that, that, that Rufus said, four-point yards, but I agree, they didn't do much in the second half, but they're playing the Ravens, okay? The, right. The, the 49ers are playing minor league teams, the Lions and the Packers, and they're they're getting out by the skin of their, their barely getting, you know, they should have lost those games. I mean, well, the Ravens crushed those teams. So, you know, to me, it, it, it seems obvious that the, at this point in time, the Chiefs are playing better than the Niners. To me, it just seems too obvious. And I'm still scared of the fact that, yes, the 49ers were the better team for the for the better part of the season. By the way, I did watch. Magnolo's great, too, by the way. I, I what's mean, what, what's talking, that? 
What's that? Magnolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. He is just, great. He's tremendous. He's great. He's really good. He's, or, he's already won three Super Bowls as a D coordinator, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It's funny how, how quickly he went from, like, failed. Well, actually, it was, it's taken a while, right? He failed as head coach. That's right. Then, But he was he was the D coordinator for the Giants when they won the Super Bowl right. before that, got the he head was. coaching job, failed. Then I guess he, you know. he won it with the Chiefs once already. And so twi no, twice, twice, twice it's already. It's true. I mean, think twice of like, already. I mean, twice Redskins already. guy, Norv Turner, remember? Norv Turner, Turner was a yeah. really good offensive coordinator, not a good head coach. Not it's a good a head coach. I, compl I think Perfect it's a different example. skill set. And I think that Absolutely. If, I was a, if I was a team owner, I would be looking more for a CEO type leader for my head coach. That's just my opinion. I think they're undervalued. Speaking of Garoppolo, last night was watching, because I'm a star for football, was watching the Super Bowl from four years ago. The one where Damian Williams should have won the MVP? The one where yeah. Damian Williams should have won the MVP. Exactly right. Uh, the, the Chiefs were down 10 points, and the Niners had the ball in the fourth quarter. And then the Chiefs end up winning by 11. But Garoppolo was so below average, and I'm being nice. By the way, Chris Jones batted down a million of his passes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, just, it does leap off the page because we tend to think of, we're like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, like the Niners got very, very far with him. They, got, they perhaps should have won that Super Bowl. Brock Purdy is way better than Jimmy Garoppolo ever was. It feels that way for sure now. But way better? He's better. He's way no, better. I'm not, a, I'm not a I, an evaluator. I think he's way better. I think he's way better. But I'll no. tell you why. Because Purdy, people... For whatever reason, people want to toggle toggle to game manager with Purdy. He's not a game He's manager, not. dude. He makes no. every throw on the field. But, but I think he's better too. I'm just saying, you saying way better. It's like that's a lot to me. Jimmy Garoppolo was never all that great. I mean, he's he's good, but he wasn't like uh, anyway. We'll he was say, underrated. Time will tell. Let's put it that way. Um, anyway, I do think though that there is that possibility again to try to, to try to cover every angle. There is that possibility that's lurking in behind of anybody's mind, even those of us who have financial interest in the Niners, that, God, I hope he just doesn't have that game, right, where he just Fs it up. Um, and if, any was good, if anybody's going to have that game and lose the game, it, you don't think it's Mahomes. Well, it's you never going to be Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, well, I mean I'm sure Mahomes, Mahomes has had bad games. I mean, he did have that one Tampa Bay Super Bowl, didn't he? Oh, I thought he was great in that game. He's 60 minutes away from winning his third Super Bowl. He's already going to his fourth, and he's still in his he 20s. Was, like, he's – nothing is going to phase him. Against Tampa, he no, was no, like a chicken with his head saying. cut off. They couldn't block for him. I mean, he, they were dropping balls. He was great in that game. I thought the one, okay. the one really bad half he's played in his career, the Bengals AFC title game two years ago, which was the strangest thing ever because they went up and down the field three times, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. The fourth drive, they had the ball at the one right before the half. And they oh, just yeah. got bogged down through it inbounds. And then the second half, yeah. he was awful. From that point on, he was awful. I know people like maybe he got concussed and he don't want to start making excuses for guys anytime they have a bad game with injuries that aren't reported. But he was so bad at that game. They gave that one away. But that's really the only bad one he's but played. If anybody's going to go, Willie, if anybody's going to go Joe Flacco, if anybody's going to have a Joe Flacco make a duty in my pants in the third quarter, <laughs> it's Brock Purdy. Okay, oh, sure. Brock Purdy is going to do it before Patrick Mahomes. That's all I'm saying. Do you think anybody has ever actually made a duty in their pants out of nerves? Lamar, Lamar sure. Jackson had to go to the bathroom on the on the field. And Tony Saragusa, yeah. there's a famous story with Tony Saragusa uh -oh. that he had to 
to go to the bathroom so bad he couldn't go to the bathroom and nothing was coming out. And then he took all these medications before the game. And then he, he told the story on Howard Stern. It was amazing. And he goes, he goes, he tells the trainer before the game, he says, if I'm down, okay, and I'm laying on my back, you got to bring out a towel. <laughs> because he was scared he was going to make in his pants on the field. Oh, it was like the oh, whole man. You have to go listen to Stern with with uh, Tony Saragusa from like 10 years ago. It's the late bad. the late Tony Saragusa. Oh, and the best part is they were wearing their white on white uniforms. Oh, yes, they were. Day. Yes, they were. It's <laughs> great. Brutal. By the way, uh, Chiefs in red, I think, for this one. Niners in their white, just like the one four years ago, for those who give a damn about that kind of thing. Um, all right. Props. Mr. Prop Man. What have you uh, What have you bet so far? The 50k you've bet thus far. What's in there? Well, first off, as I said to you uh, two days ago, I guess it was one of those bets was actually a mistake bet. That's right. Tell that story. So I I, I have my little spreadsheet that it's called Super Bowl distributions and matchups, which basically it's I, I put the results of these simulations I run in there, and so I can literally just type in you know I have references, so I can type in like a number like. I can type in 13 and a half, like I have a column for longest rush and 13 and a half for Mahomes, and it'll 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 <laughs> reference the simulations and give me what that price should be. <laughs> so Mahomes and Pacheco, like there, there's a lot of names in the spreadsheet. I mean, not that many, but. And you're getting um, older. I'm getting older. You know, my vision is still, I, I, I don't have to wear glasses still, so that's good or yeah. contacts, but uh -huh. maybe I should. Um, after after the story, you know, I'm looking. I put in 13 and a half. It says like over minus 120 or something. It was like it, was, it wasn't a big edge, um, but I was like, oh, I get to bet him a homes over now. I'm sure I'll be betting unders at game time. Um, little did I know, I was actually looking at Pacheco's longest rush number. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, and then and then I ended up, you know, talking this <laughs> to Patrick Everson and Ben Fox afterwards because they were asking what I bet and and. Uh, and then Patrick Everson writes this, and, and I and I gave a narrative about it, about like, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes, it's well, a, it's the playoffs. He's going to run more. He's more likely to scramble more, and and that's generally the case for quarterbacks that athletic running quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, they do scramble more in in the playoffs. But also, I was like, well, you know, probably less likely to slide than he would in a normal game. Yeah. You know, it makes sense, but. There's now an article sitting out there with why I like over 13 and a half for Mahomes' longest drive. So. And they're furiously tweeting it out. Can I ask you something, Rufus? On on your on your modeling, right? Is there like I, I would find it very interesting, and maybe the audience would too, if you don't mind sharing. Um, if you have maybe like for instance on a Patrick Mahomes rush, that's a great one to talk about. What is the goulash? What is the what is the guts? of what the model is taking like is it taking a hundred different variables is it taking four different is it waiting the you know the, the three most important being how he's done against you know blah 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 like what what's in the model that's spitting out these numbers if you if you don't mind sharing exactly it's, it's not, exactly what i asked on a numbers it's game. not that that complex yep. um because you're you, when you're pricing all these props you can't go that much detail i mean you can i guess but but Quarterback rushing is probably, I'd say, the. I mean, it's certainly the most complex of all the, all the rushing. Well, give us props. one simple. Okay, no, no, I, no. I think let, let's go with quarterbacks. I like this because okay. so quarterback rushes come in three flavors. Can you guess what they are, Todd? The the f three flavors of quarterback, quarterback rushes. rushes. Yeah. Neil scrambles, designed runs. Boom. There you go. What so, is it? Sneaks. Scrambles, no, well, designed runs. Oh no, kneels. Kneels. Kneel downs. Kneel downs. Yeah. Designed runs. 
scrambles. So design runs, okay. you could have quarterback sneaks versus other. I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't actually differentiate those, which maybe that's actually probably a smart move to do. Um, but so I've designed, because those are design runs, but design runs, kneel downs, and scrambles. Kneel downs are a function of the spread and the basically the point spread. And, you know, what are the odds? Like, you'll, 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 you might get zero, you might get Wait, three. There's obviously a number. There's, there's a number, a number there. correlated I'll, to... I, I will uh, say... I normally give kneel downs negative one rushing yards. Um, I was very fortunate three years ago, I guess. Was it three? Four years ago. Uh, three, four. 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 Yeah, four it was right before ago. the pandemic. Four, yeah. four, I was very fortunate four years ago that Patrick Mahomes took some kneel downs of more than negative one yards. Yeah. Or less than I got yards. that one, too. That was lucky. That was very lucky. <laughs> but so there's that. Um, then there's the design. Predicting the design runs is for Mahomes. There's not really like he doesn't quarterback sneak it you don't really see Mahomes' design runs. So for him, it's basically going to be the scrambles and the quarterback sneaks. And so um, scrambles he like... He doesn't sneak anymore either because of the injury. They say exactly. they sneak him. Yeah, he doesn't sneak. So it's it's for him, it's it's the scrambles. So I'm looking at his scramble rate. What percentage of dropbacks is he going to scramble? Um, and, and trying to predict that. And then also looking at the defense they're up against, San Francisco, what, uh, what percentage of dropbacks for other quarterbacks result in a scramble there? Um, and sort of and going from there to establish a scramble rate. And then same thing with, like, the yards per, uh, per carry on the scrambles. And what's interesting, by the way, is the correlation between scrambles and sacks. Generally, I mean, because they're, in essence, oftentimes a sack is a failed attempted scramble, you know? Right. Like, I think Mahomes got sacked last year on a play where he ran out of bounds for a loss of one yard when he was scrambling. <laughs> so... There, there is so you can kind of get you can go a little more detail there um, with the relationship no, the between those two. Give, give us a dropback. Are you taking into account the fact that like, uh, what are the chances that the Chiefs are going to be way behind and having to throw a lot, or is that just kind of like it just goes by the whole season? Uh, this whole season, this is what he's done on scrambling. This is what the Niners have done. Or are you thinking about the the actual matchup as well and saying, hey, well, look, they might be behind, and if they're behind, he's going to throw more and more dropbacks, more scrambles. Is that true or no? Well, right. I'm predicting the number of dropbacks, right? So more dropbacks equals more scrambles. But it's it's I, I things are on a rate basis. So you are right. I am looking when I'm trying to predict the run pass mix. And by the way, I consider a scramble a passing play because it was an intent. It was a desi- it was a play that was in desi- designed to be a passing play. So um, I, I basically look at how often a team runs or passes relative to expectation based on game state. You know, if you're up 14 in the fourth quarter, much more likely you're running than if you're down 14. So I look at what the right. Chiefs have done this season in those. You know, I weight more recent data more heavily. The Chiefs, despite the fact that we talk about them now as like a running team, are still a pretty extreme passing team. They have been all year, relative to game situation. Historically. Historically, but this year what, too. Well, no, I'm asking a question. Historically, what is the, what is the in all your Super Bowl prop years, to the extent that you're willing to share, what is a, the calculus you were just talking about with quarterback runs? Give us a category where you felt like you were way ahead of the books more than others. I mean, maybe I think the longest reception type stuff, longest rush type stuff, um, probably a little bit with being able to sort of smooth that out and look at because they were just averaging. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and in understanding regression of the mean for that, you could have a you could have a receiver that's had you know sixty three percent of his receptions for ten or fewer yards this year, and it's like, um, you know. 
12% of them were exactly, or maybe 15% are exactly 10 yards or something like that, and, and none were exactly 11 yards. You, do you expect that to continue? That's probably yeah. random. So, yeah. so being able to sort of smooth that out and then regress properly. But That still exists, your advantage there, do you think? I think a little bit, for sure. And there's, I mean, there's interesting narratives that get baked in, too. So George Kittle is interesting in the fact that if you look at his distribution of receiving yards or yards per reception, in the first half versus the second half, it's been very different. And not just this year, over the last three seasons. You know, he, the second half, I think something like 67% of his receptions go for more than 10 or more yards. Huge, and yeah. in the first half, it's like 50%. And so how much there is like different routes he's running? Is it, you know? Um, well, it's probably because it's probably because if he's getting the ball thrown to him in the second half, it's because they're behind. So they might be running uh, deeper patterns because typically they'd be ahead in the second half. And if he's getting the ball thrown to him, it, it's probably not happening as much because they're, they're going to be running. No, but but even, I mean, I, I, I haven't broken it down based on um, ahead or behind, but I would assume they're playing most of these games from ahead. They have been the last three years. Right. Because what, what oh, I did, okay. I, I saw it this season. I'm like, so so my, my I, they basically I mean, they have a different quarterback, but. They've had both teams have had the same head coach and de facto offensive coordinator for a long time. And so it's not like the system has changed that much. And so for me, I think I was like, does this persist in previous seasons? The answer was yes. But at the same time, it still is a small sample. And I think a lot of I mean, this case, maybe there is something to it. And I'm, I'm probably going to dig a little deeper into it. But I think a lot of times we can be fooled by things. And because overall, if you look globally, the yards if you're, if you're trying to like handicap something like length of first reception, I've looked, is there something different about the first reception than other receptions? Um, globally, there... no. Globally, no. So right. you could argue, though, that maybe there are for certain players. Um, but then that's when you kind of want to get, I, I'd want to get into something a little more granular to be able to predict that, like to be able to look and see, oh, George Kittle is running different routes in the first quarter or early in the games than he is in the second half. If I saw that, then I'd be like, okay, ding, ding, ding. This is actually something fundamental and predictive versus, you know, maybe he's running versus if he was running basically the same type of, type of route patterns, but he's just gotten more throws on these deeper routes or gotten more yards after the catch or something like that. Uh, I asked this on the radio side. I'll ask it here. If there's somebody listening to this who says, oh my God, this is my fucking hero. This is the human being yeah. I want to be. Rufus Peabody is my North Star. What do you recommend to that person as a way to start towards this path? Therapy. <laughs> okay, besides the psychological <laughs> part of it, uh, what, what sort of nuts and bolts would they need to have as an educational background? Um, I think being comfortable with numbers, for sure. And so for, for me, that came in the form of, or at least in a more formal way, statistics and econometrics courses back in college and then you kind of I kind of went from there and then also the ability to sort of code to be able to to be able to kind of answer these questions and build processes to answer these questions when I you think that's that, that's the way I think of like numbers right like in stats like it's a way I can ask a question the data and get an answer and your guy Captain Jack has those videos of how to start modeling I think that's a good start for people probably right I think that's a great great place to point them to Todd. Cap Captain Jack Todd, does he, great he looks job. suave by the way he does doesn't he, he looks very suave and he was trying to downplay it Look, when you're 309 pounds, there's no suave. There's passable. That's the best you can get. I've lost a lot of weight here recently, Todd. I'm coming for Fezzik. Um, what do you weigh now? 219. 
Well, how'd you get down to 219? Well, a little illness sort of he held, uh, oh, sort of sped old, it up. The old, the old illness trick. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to tell you, my friend, what uh, comes after the illness is the water weight <laughs> comes back. No, no, I, just... I had already been on the downtrend, though. This just sort of turboed it. Oh, okay. I, I had gained five pounds. I feel like I might have lost them because I haven't been working out as much as I you know, would like to since I've been in Vegas. But Wait, so I have, a, I have another Rufus question. Well, I have a couple more. One, we'll get to the props here, individual props here momentarily. The... Uh, the when you and I used to talk over a decade ago oh, wow. about and I remember like you were you were super young, but you had like some introspective thoughts about how, you know, you loved doing what you were doing. You were having success doing what you're doing, but you wanted to you didn't view your life as just going to be sports betting for the rest of the time. You wanted to do other things, other more meaningful things you said at the time. Have you become more comfortable as the years have gone on that sports betting will always be what you do first and foremost? Great question. You know, I... I'm going to say no. I'm going with no. Would like me you know, to answer I, I, for ha you? I had these hopes and dreams that he, I would he branch did. out. No. He did have and hopes and dreams. I, I kind of have tried to a little bit, you know, with things like unabated, right? I, I right. wanted, I mean, although still in the sports betting realm, but, yeah. but something, I've been looking to find more purpose in that way. Just because when you're, I've been doing the same thing, what, for 14, more, 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 than, than, half your more than 14 years. More than half your life, almost. Almost. Uh, I'm 38. I'm 38. <laughs> know, okay. But yeah. only 14? It seems like more. And it, it does, right? Well, if you go back to college, how old are you now? I wasn't betting in college. Yeah, but you were still writing shit, right, on baseball and stuff, right? My senior year. All right, well, that's still how many so, years? That's 16 years then. Mm, 2007. I mean, unless you graduated when you were 24. No. Okay. But, okay. Right. So anyway, 2007, yeah. I guess. Okay. Right. We're in 2024 now. So, so you still have hopes and dreams. Well, I, I think what's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a parallel here to gambling. Like what I, one thing I do like about gambling is the uncertainty in a way. Like right. I've learned to, to love that and to love like I can control. There's certain things I can control, but certain things I can't control, and not to try, try not to stress over the things I can't control. But if somebody told you like, like laid out where your life was gonna be ahead of time and said, okay, in ten years you're gonna be doing this other thing, or you know, would you, would you want to see that? No, I wouldn't. I and would so not. So for me, for me, I love the, I love not knowing where my life is going to go. I so agree. So I, I think maybe, I mean, right now I don't have any immediate plans to get out of the industry, but I'm definitely burned out. I feel like I've been burned out for like five years. It, it, it's certain times. I mean, certain times I wake up like rearing to go with ideas and, and wanting to work. Um, but as I get burned out, like is that, that unfortunately the percentage of that, the time I'm that way has become less over time. And so I'm with you on, I don't want to know. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, who knows people where my life's going to go? October 19th, people who are born on October 19th are typically not just one-dimensional. And um, <laughs> we know from Rufus, some of Rufus's Twitter picks, he's a little bit of a deeper thinker than your typical Neanderthal sports better. So I have a feeling that it's not just going to be about sports for Rufus. I have a feeling, too. I appreciate that, Todd. I, I have a and feeling, too. Yeah. And I, I think way, people born October 19th are just fantastic human beings. Wait a minute. Well. Were you both born on October 19th? Is that what I'm yeah. getting? Oh. Yes, of course. We had, the, a uh, we had a podcast before. I think it was like on or around that day. Oh, that's, that's right. That's how we figured it out. That's right. Okay. The, uh, uh, the other thing, can I just ask him one other quick please. question, yes. Billy? Uh -huh. yeah. um, the, the other thing I wanted to know is um, on the, the data, 
right? You have to get the data into your model. Do you have like data scrapers from play by play or how do you get the data into the model? Can I can answer this for you? Yes, because the very first time I met you was at Sloan and we were at a Celtics game and in the suite you were talking about data scraping. It was like a first line out of your mouth. I was like, who's this guy? So, I mean, there's some data that, that we scrape and some data that we buy. So it's a combination. You buy from Sports Radar? No. No. I, do, I don't use Sports Radar, but um, I used armchair analysis for a long time, which is now FTN data. Oh. Um, but so, so I still do that because they have, like, basically I have these historical processes that rely on certain files that, and, and, I'm, this is, and as you know, I'm not betting NFL stuff largely during the season. So I kind of, it's not like I've invested a ton of effort into upgrading these things. So I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a dinosaur of a prop better still because I only do it once a year. Golf and college basketball now are your go-tos. Yeah, and college football too, but we had a losing year for college football this you year. You did. Sadly. Okay, but you still do super. Way, yeah, go ahead, Todd. I'm sorry. By the way, Rufus, on your college show, basketball, yeah. you may want to look at um, data scraping from five minutes down what the average score is. Like if I had a data scraper sitting right here, I would be doing what's the score with five minutes left with what the score in the game is based on what the original line was. There is definitely, because I know just from watching a million games and obviously I'm not gonna be as accurate as a data scraper, but there is definitely value there. Well, the, scra the scraper just gives me the data. It doesn't tell me anything about it. No, no, but I'm but, saying yeah. I would know if you if you got the data on spreadsheets, I would know how to query it and say, okay, what's the average amount of points scored in a game that is a six point game? The favorite it was an eight pregame, and there's five minutes left. So you're talking about the like last that. five minutes. You're good at that. Well, no, I, I'm. That's not you're what figuring I, out the situational we, stuff there. No, we've been we've been good at the last five minutes lately because I've noticed that they're over inflating the last five minutes. Um, total is higher because probably everybody wants to bet the total. And then the bigger thing is, is that no one's fouling in the last minute the way they used to. So it used to be, there was, let's say, if it used to be 1.0 fouls, now it's 0.65 of that. You're getting, you know, only two thirds. So, so teams, are, teams are, teams are not, I mean, Bruh. I don't know. It feels like there, there's certain teams that, right. They're, they're not fouling down nine with 20 seconds left. Like they used to be is what you're saying. Sometimes even North Carolina last night, a minute left. there was a game last night, South Carolina. I think we had a small over on it, like over 135 and a half. Nobody scored the last three minutes. And it was a five point game. And there was two points scored yep. the last three minutes. You expect like, you're like, okay, that's definitely going to win. Right. Yeah. How does that not win? That's what I'm saying. The last minute has changed. But, but you also had right. another game. Um, another game that I actually had a under an under on where um, there were, was it Butler? I forget. Uh, no, it wasn't Butler game, but there were North Carolina was down six with a minute left and didn't foul for some reason. They just played it out, which uh, spoiler alert, it didn't work out for them. Okay, no, but, I mean it's probably not going to work out fouling too. But there was a game where where there was right. like thirty five points scored in the last three minutes though without really fouling. I don't know wh um, which game was that, Todd. All right, two things. One, I thought we weren't talking okay. about this on air. I know I should. I, as soon as I was angry, I, was wait, I still want to add something. I want to add something in response to Todd's thing, though. But what's interesting in the last five minutes is that, like, if you have a big, and Todd knows this, I'm sure, but, you know, with the big blowouts, you have sometimes the teams, um, you know, it's a 30-point game. You know, they're going fast. They're just playing, like, having fun. That's um, an over game. Right. A 30-point game Absolutely. is an over game. If you have, if you have, if it's a 15-point game, you know, one team's going to be going slow, one team's going to be going fast, and then you have a few possessions, basically, that 
determine everything, right? Where with a minute and a half to go, is it is it going to be a nine point game or is it going to be a thirteen point game? Like in that well, right that there. That has switched. That has switched now to the point where what I'm. Anyways, I won't say it again I because I'm, I told Gilly not to bring it up. <laughs> and and here he goes on. See, what would be interesting to do for me is to analyze and say, given this situation, like you can have a like, and this is what what I've done actually for modeling end game stuff, like a, yeah. a thing that predicts whether a team will foul in a situation based on um, it's, it's a, a, do a take foul, right? <clears throat> like one thing that's hard is trying to figure out, like okay, you know, because sometimes they'll go for a steal first, so it's not an immediate foul to be able to identify whether it's a intentional foul or not, but. Um, but whether they're foul based on score differential and time remaining. And so we, I could take a look and sort of see if that is, if that's up well, right? all, or, if that, or down, do, I guess. If you, Sorry. If, if you data scrape, even just look at the last minute, <sighs> all you have to do is look at a hundred games of the last minute and of three years ago okay. and a hundred games this year. Yeah. But you have to control, you got to control for con for situation though. That, that's my point. Like I have, if we well, have a model course, and, and now yeah. teams are undershooting, like they're, they're fouling less than we'd expect them to in those situations. And yeah, I'll take, yeah. Okay. But what's interesting is that totals are up this year. I mean, scoring's up. I mean, but that you do have the rule change. Welcome back to yeah. the Super Bowl 58 minutes. Okay, sorry. Really, I apologize. And I apologize this, to myself this, for bringing that this up. Hey, this is this is what happens to people with the, sorry, who were born October 19th. Sorry to interrupt we your go down show. Rabbit holes. Sorry to interrupt your show, Todd. Uh, this was, no, it's, it's that Todd specifically did not want to talk about this on air, and yet here we are. So... Um, yeah, it was just it up. because Rufus yeah. got me. When Rufus is here, it just gets me into like a, a data a yeah, discussion. No, no and the yeah. first question is a good one. I asked that on, on a numbers game too, which is what is the secret sauce behind your, your Super Bowl props specifically? Anyway, big game props. You, so you big, I'm a superb owl, as yeah. your brother says. <laughs> That's the best line ever. It's the uh, the rapist. I'll, the, I'll t <laughs> the rapist for 500, Alex. Superb owl getting around all the uh, copyright things. Okay, so you're you're mainly now a college basketball and golf guy. You've always been golf. You weren't doing college basketball. You've done it now in the last couple of years. You told me the other day it's because somebody came to you and said, hey, I think I might have something here. No. And so you did it. No, it's actually, so So this guy that um, I brought on, he's uh, on Twitter, Telemachus model, or Telemachus. Um, really, really smart, brilliant guy. Um, the best decision I've ever made in my career was like bringing him on. Wow. Um, and that's quite the compliment. Yeah. He's like a developer background. Yeah. Um, you know, our skill sets are very complimentary, but he had built, he, he'd actually, I, like I, at the time I wanted to bring him on to help me build better infrastructure for my golf stuff. Like it, it had nothing to do with college basketball, but I saw, um, but he, he was talking about this college basketball stuff he'd built. Um, and I was like completely blown away by how good the framework was and everything. And, and, and so I've been able to contribute in some ways to, to building better projections there. But it, I, it's his baby. And so Super Bowls, or, or the NFL, as you just intimated, NFL is not something you are, like, super into during the regular season. You still do it, but it's not to the extent of those other two sports. The NFL? Yeah. I bet very little. I think bet I had some, like, some teasers, which didn't do well that year, this okay. year. Um, some halftime bets, okay. which also didn't do great this year. That's interesting. Because the edge is just simply not there, or you just don't want to expend the work. Well, I mean, the teasers are like, I mean, I just use the unabated teaser. No, tool I'm, just, I'm just saying the NFL, in, the NFL in general, though. I'm just saying, just yeah, not. It, okay. It's not worth. I mean, it's it is, Gil. It's really difficult to 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 do a bunch of sports and do them all well. I and I think what I've realized, I, I I firmly believe markets tend toward efficiency. It gets harder and harder to win betting sports. 
and so you have to spe- like you I've, I've realized I have to specialize more to be able to keep my edge that's it's what, what I've done is try to scale out the things that I'm best at yes. that's kind of that's kind of what we've done we've scaled out golf and college basketball a lot and so we're betting more than we've ever bet while betting fewer sports okay and I a thousand percent agree with all of that the, to the Super Bowl then in your Super Bowl history you've had losing Super Bowls before oh, for sure Percentage of wins, though, is more? Yes. Okay. What was your best one? What was your worst one? Best in terms of ROI was the first Super Bowl I was ever in Vegas for, which was the Cardinals and the Steelers, which to this day I still have not watched that Super Bowl. I was so nervous. Such a great game, too. I I was playing a round of golf at the, I guess, the Callaway, or is it TaylorMade now? You know know the little um, nine-hole place right by the airport? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, you know, I'd borrowed... $10,000 $10,000 from a friend. I put my entire $15,000 bankroll, dollar bankroll into action or whatever it was. Maybe it was $20,000 bankroll. And then I had someone um, invest $40,000 in me and give me a 20% free roll on it. Oh, and man. I, so I had like, I, I ended up having like 60-some thousand in play, which for a 22-year-old kid who had oh just finished God. college, like that, that was a lot of money for me. Oh, okay? my God, and, yeah. And I was so scared. And I, when I looked at the box score, Gary Russell scored the first touchdown. I had bet him to score at like 25 to one or something like that. And you knew it was going to be all made, right. Like the return was, it was a 40% ROI Super wow, Bowl. So that awesome. was, that was the best, but you know, unfortunately it was the Super Bowl that I bet the least amount of money on. What was the worst? Oh, that had to be the Eagles Patriots. Cause it was so high scoring. Yeah, it was high scoring all. And then we had like, I think the one guy we had over on was Brandon cooks and he got injured. Um, he got concussed. In the first quarter. Did you lose on the Philly special, too, specifically? Yeah, there was a fourth down conversion. There was there was basically all the things you don't want there to be <laughs> happened. And we, I mean, we knew it was bad at halftime. And we all we were staying at Train's place. We were all watching it there. And I remember, which is right on the Legacy Golf Course, we, like, hopped the fence and played, like, drunk played the 10th hole there oh, <laughs> at, man. at halftime. And we were just like, yeah, we got blitzed because it was, it was bad. It was all right. Bad. Let's do it. People have been waiting for props. What'd you get? What'd you bet so far? You know, besides the mistake, what'd you bet? Well, let's start with these. I guys. don't even. I don't even. I don't have let's my tickets on guys. me, and I don't even know what it was. Todd, what did you? What did? What have you bet so far? Oh, it's in. It's in my. Anything? I haven't bet any. Nothing. I haven't bet any props. The only one I really love though is Brock to throw more interceptions than um, Mahomes minus one hundred three. Okay, I'll tell you what. I feels. It feels like a good one, right? Even though my numbers have them at the same like exact number of interceptions, but. I have my I have my Niners to beat Chiefs exacta, which is my last remaining exacta. By the way, it wasn't my only one at 11 to one. Uh, that's pending. I also bet three MVPs before the championship games, which were McCaffrey at six to one to win MVP, which I think is a great number. Plus 475, which is still out there now, I think is still a great number. I did get uh, Debo at 40 to one. I got Kittle at 80 to one. I kind of feel like I've made those three bets. Obviously, McCaffrey wasn't there for all of them. Every time the Niners get close to the Super Bowl or in the Super Bowl, I think I've made that every time. The, the props that I've made that, that are still out there, I have McCaffrey most rushing and receiving yards at minus 160. I didn't want to do rushing only and receiving only because I didn't want the chance of Pacheco beating him in the rushing category or a random Niners receiver beating him in receiving. Six of the last eight games, though, McCaffrey has won the rushing plus receiving. I took him at minus 160. Um, also took my. What does that mean? He's going to be the number one in the whole game. Is that, yes, that? number one whole he's game. Minus one sixty. That's kind of. I mean, it makes sense that he's a favorite, but that, yeah, it feels steep to me. Steep. 
I don't okay. know. Well, I trust, I, I trust I'm, you. I'm a, I, I haven't. I, I can look in the Sims and find out, but I trust you. I bet so he's minus one sixty versus everyone else in the game. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Most rushing and receiving wow. yards uh, combined. I bet Mahomes over twenty six and a half yards rushing. Just because, even though I'm on you know, the Niners. Well, you also know that it's probably going to close 30 and a half or something. So you can... Yeah, I think it's a low number, and I think he has really strategically been great with his scrambles. Uh, and then I have a third, which I cannot even remember off the top of my head now. Will, what do you have? And I'll remember it. I like your Mahomes rushing one. I bet that one as well. I, I don't know if this counts as a prop, more of a derivative. I, I like the Chiefs plus a half a point in the first quarter. You can get it minus 155 on DraftKings. Shop around. I think that's probably the best price. Uh, I just think both teams are going to defer. You don't have any Lions or Packers situation where one team's going to win the toss and take the ball. So it's 50-50 who gets the ball first. Ball first. It's just so hard to outscore another team in the first quarter. You know, the nerves with Purdy maybe. Uh, Mahomes has been here before. So, I mean, we could see a tied first quarter. We could see the Chiefs up 3 nothing or 7-3. There's just lots Plus of ways to win. Plus the long drives, Will. Plus the, right, the exactly. Chiefs could have a exactly. long drive. The 49ers could only get the ball once in this first quarter. So I'll take the plus a half in the first quarter. Debo Samuel over rushing yards. I'm seeing some 13 and a half, 14 and a half. I just think two weeks for the the shoulder to heal. I think they'll get him in. They'll have two weeks to come up with some ways to just get the ball in his hand. So I like the over rushing prop there. And you mentioned him for MVP. He's still 33 to one at some books to win MVP. You need a way to get production that's detached from the quarterback. You don't need it, but it helps over a thousand career rushing yards, 19 career rushing touchdowns. Uh, I could just see, I, I could see Debo if San Francisco wins having a big day. I just think the 33 to one is a long price. Another one I like shop around uh, largest lead of the game. I'm seeing some 14 and a half. It's not widely available, but I'm also seeing some 13 and a half. So I would not play 13 and a half, but at 14 and a half, I would play the under. I just don't see anybody getting out to a lead where like 15 and 16, sort of a dead number. I don't see anybody pulling away in this game, having a 17 plus point lead. So uh, if you can find the under 14 and a half biggest lead, I like the under. All right. I got two more. Will the opening kickoff be a touchback? I uh, bet this in many years past because you knew that one coach had the propensity to defer. The other had the propensity to receive. Not the case this year. However, the no is at plus 265. And Jake Moody has a touchback rate that is 25th in the NFL. Butker, 83.3%. You so, mean he doesn't? Yeah, he, but, he doesn't but here's the thing. Touchback. The Chiefs tend to, like, you, you know now how the, the touchback rules change. You can, like, fair catch. That's the right. ball doesn't go to the end zone. That's the, Chief, right. the Chiefs, the Niners don't really do that. The Chiefs do. You're saying they, they will call a fair catch. Yeah, I think they're less likely to return it. I have my number somewhere because I remember seeing that the, them and the Niners were on, or right. them and the Chiefs were on different well, sides well, there. Let me know but, if plus 265 is not a good price because that's what I got it at. I thought if, if Moody ends up kicking off, and obviously it comes out of that, if it's Butker, we're, we're kind of dead on arrival probably. I make it minus 307, but actually I make those teams about the same in terms of touchback rate because the Niners are more likely to bring it out of the end zone. But Niners more likely to bring mm -hmm. out with Ray Ray. So uh, I, I bet it no plus 265. My thinking being that if Moody kicked off, we could very well get a run back. What's Moody's rate? I know you said he's 25th, but what is his rate? Uh, his rate is 62.39%. Okay, so look, here, here we go. I have some numbers here. Um, 62.39 for uh, his touchback rate? Yes, sir. I don't know why I see it as 67%, but... Um, he hits it. He gets into the end zone seventy point one percent of the time, whereas Butker is eighty four percent. Butker is eighty three point three. Yes. Um, uh -huh. And uh, oh, I'm, I'm probably using like a decade rate or something like that. Okay. But oh. um, in the end zone touchback percentage, ninety four percent for San Francisco kicking off, um, or so. So, see, 
yeah, actually, that that's less relevant because that's. Uh, I mean, it could be like how deep does it go, but um, but no end zone touchback rate is um, San Francisco this year, ten percent. Kansas City this year, twenty three point three percent. That's receiving kickoffs. League average twenty percent. So. You're saying right, so that, so that's, that still plays into. But what you're saying is it still plays into me though, because San Francisco does it less. San Francisco is less likely to take a kickoff. C correct. Wait. Yes. So Gil is right. No, it hurts you. No, really. it hurts you because no, I don't know. I, I, I'm either that or I'm reading this my chart wrong here. Oh. And, but yeah, what I you what you them. what you just yeah, said. Yeah, let's let Todd explain it. Yeah, because because what Rufus said what was he's wrong. Saying. He's saying that if Moody has a short kick, which is what you want. You want Moody to have a short kick? No, I know that. Yeah, no, I know that's what he was saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I know Kansas that's what he was City, saying, but not Kansas the numbers. City, he, the numbers he just gave were the opposite. No, no, no. It says Kansas. Kansas City takes it back or, or has a touchback percentage of twenty three point three percent on non end zone kickoffs. San Francisco's is ten percent. That's yeah. Kansas City's high. They're more likely to get a touchback to say touchback at the five yard at line. the five yard line. That's what I'm saying. Okay, either way, here's how I read it. That the minus 360 on the yes was way overpriced and that the plus 265 was not way overpriced. I, I still it. like your bet, Gilly. Yeah, I, I do still too. like your bet. I'm just, I'm just saying what he... He's basically saying that if, if Moody kicks a short one, there's a I higher know what I know what he's saying, but that wasn't what he Richie quoted the James, first right? time. He misspoke. No, God no, I think it. I said it right. No, I don't know. Didn't. No, you didn't. Okay. God damn it, Todd. October 19th right. is not superior to June 4th. I have news for you. I'm just they're, they're about so the here's same, the deal. No, they're yeah, not really like, not. June 4th is superior like to all. Uh, the last one I bet was use check over a half a yard rushing at plus 270. Tell me I shouldn't have bet that. How is that plus 270? I mean, how? It's really, a play how call. Many does he have? How, just, what percentage how many, of games does he get a carry? I need one carry. Right. Right. So how many he, he, does, he, he doesn't get? get a carry most games, but if they're in a goal-to-go situation, if within oh, the five-yard no, line, it's McCaffrey or Elijah Mitchell plus two seventy. Right. Right. I'm Give just me asking that. How many? Where does he get his carries? Has he had all year? I can't answer that question. <laughs> Off the top of my head. I'll, I'll well, that, find it. But watch, watch the Niners postseasons in every postseason since the in the Kyle Shanahan years, and it six is a carries. it is six a it is a year. large volume. Now do the postseasons. Six different games, Rufus. In now do the postseasons. Um, yeah. I didn't tab week. If let's see, now, I mean, I could, is it in, is it in six different games? Because that helps Gilly. Right, it does. Um, I'm gonna look and see. Do the postseasons. Um, it's in. No, it's in four games. In the postseason, he had one carry in week 21 this year. Let's see. Last year in the postseason, um, he had, let's see, carry week 20. 18 was still regular season at that point. Um, yeah, carry in week 20. La the postseason before that, two in week 20, one in week 21. Um, they made the playoffs in 2020. They made the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. No carries in the postseason that year. If, um in what? 2020. Yeah, he didn't. You, he you, didn't that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I wonder. So he's basically what, what, got a 25% chance. Here is probably here is the, here is the point of that bet. Carry, one carry. You're at th three of those six carries were uh, inside the opponent's ten. You're right. Plus two seven. How many carries, Gilly? If How they many one, if they get the <laughs> ball first and goal, they did it last week, right? Or the no. week what before, or whatever. For a, Gilly, what if he gets stopped for a loss? 
No, that's, no, it's true, right? What, if it's first and goal at the one, like you know, what I'm you're really not, you're not a guarantee there. What I'm really worried about is that he gets two carries, and the first one goes for for two yards, and the second <laughs> one goes for minus two. That's what I'm really worried like, about. Hand off to Jusek. He's going wide. Why is he going wide? <laughs> He's going back. Sick and tired of the pushback. June 4th, better than October 19th. Ten days a week. All right, uh, those are all mine. I want. Oh. I want to see Gil's face if he runs it right into the line and they could give him a yard, but they might not give him a yard. And Gil's asking for like a measurement from like a second and, and then the guy It's so out. funny, the, the yards, really, the, the rounding of the yards. From the sideline. It is interesting that like, use, use check props are not widely available, by the way. No. By the way, last Super, last year's Super Bowl, I remember there was a, um, oh, it was that first rush, the Jalen Hurts touchdown from the one, it was from the, was it from the one yard line? It was close in. Yeah. Or, or I, I remember either they called they, a touchdown, they overturned it, and then Hertz got it, right? Something like that? Yeah, but it was, I think there was one that was, I was like, isn't that from, it was either, I don't remember if I wanted it to be the one or the two, but I remember I was like, it's not the one that, you know, it's closer to the number they didn't use. You know, what's a one yard touchdown versus a two yard touchdown, right? If it's at the yard right. and a half, you know, one and a half right. yard line. Here's one that's interesting. I didn't bet it, but why is Elijah Mitchell's number so low? I haven't studied it, so I'm so sure low? there's a reason. But Three and a half, three and a half. Yeah, rush yards I mean, have, for, have you have you looked at um the snap counts no. for McCaffrey during like the postseason? Like no, he's I'm he's not, played I'm every single snap theory. except when he bonked his head. Okay. So I think that I think clearly they were saving McCaffrey. So if McCaffrey McCaffrey's not playing, the only reason he's going out of the game at this point is if he asks out. I think. How I think. About, so how about this though, but if, he could if ask out. Get he gets snap. fatigued. If Mitchell doesn't get a snap, don't you get a push because That's, it's no action? This is and true. If you get to rush, you're in good shape. My guess is Mitchell, I can look at this, um, is playing special teams, though. Okay, so if he goes on the field but doesn't record a statistic, then it counts as a – then it is but action. Actually, no. It okay, so it looks like the – the uh, let's see, week 20, um, he had one – he had 2% of the offensive snaps. McCaffrey had 98%. Um, is this just offensive snaps I'm looking at? It might just be offensive snaps. So, but, okay. but I mean, right. If he goes on the field, like, I think the special teams thing um, is, is something you have to watch out for there. I uh, think Butker I, more points than Moody. What do you think about that? Minus 110, Butker more points than Moody. I feel like Andy has more confidence in Butker and more chances to get field goals, but maybe yeah. I, kicks, I have, they both kick. I have, I have, I have Kansas city a little bit higher in terms of field goal projection than, than San Francisco, but I don't think it's enough to overcome minus minus one ten. I think they're, I mean, it's pretty okay. close and, and especially given the spread of minus two, I have San Francisco, like if I believe the market, which I don't know if I'm supposed to or not after like my head is spinning after this conversation we've had, um, <laughs> you know, so I do have, San Francisco projected slightly higher on touchdowns given the where the spread is. So you know you get one point when you kick the extra point. Todd, if you're you looking make at, it. If you make it. I hope Usechek runs for forty-four yards and I Jilly, get we're all and I get yeah. and I get forty-four times. Oh, is that not how that works? Is this is Jack. Who's not rooting for you? Remember at the uh, old Rufus Jeff uh, hypothetical book that you'd have the super uh, the supersizing of bets. Remember that? It was the old points bet model, but it was like if if I hit if Kyle Uzcheck ran for forty four yards, I get forty four times. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Action, oh, points. action yeah, spread betting. Yeah, spread, they have the, they had that. What was that site in the UK they had point for bet. a long time? Point no, bet. there's one in the UK too. Yeah, that we used to bet at back like fourteen years ago. Uh, so you have no no props to share? No no specific prop to share? Did I bet? Yeah, I bet some. All okay, right. I want I'm gonna go against you guys a little bit and say 
this isn't a huge edge, but I took Purdy plus 17 and a half rushing yards against Mahomes. Actually, I'm not sure I took it yet, but I wrote it down. Okay. As a bet. Um, wait, wait, Purdy plus 17 and a half rushing and yards. Is that just? It's it's okay, a it's as, a comparison as, prop. That's right, you're one. just looking at what the what the totals are set for both guys. Yeah, but you have to remember the means and medians are going to be different. Like, so Mahomes, I mean, especially with it, most of it coming from scrambles, um, it's going to be coming in bit, you know, in spurts. You understand coming in spurts, yeah. Todd? Spurts, uh, yes. <laughs> everyone knows. Everyone knows about coming in spurts. <laughs> Jesus, sorry. <laughs> What are, you, what are you guys? Twelve? Um, I like MVS. The micro book. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm I'm actually reading from it here. Yeah. Um, but um, Valdez Scantling, I under ten and a half first reception. I know he's had some deep balls. He also yeah. has some underneath ones. Okay. Um, I like it. This was I think this was the Westgate where you don't no no reception equals under. I mean honestly most of the things I wrote down here like first and longest reception stuff because that's like all I really. Um, Bet. I mean, what I'm really going to be betting is going to be like McCaffrey unders, probably Kelsey unders, probably once I'm, I'm going to be waiting until it's close to game time. Although I'll probably be having to bet Saturday night and Sunday morning, too, just because it takes a lot of time to get to get a lot of money down. You know? What percentage are you unders versus overs on a typical Super Bowl? Um, 90, 10, probably. But Nine, 90, 10 uh, unders. Yeah. Although overs like over an over for first reception for a guy like Brandon Ayuk, which I did bet. That's something I bet, although that price isn't available anymore. Um, like, that's an over, but it's also, it's not an over where I'm, I have the same sort of exposure to injury. Right? Like, like betting a game over, I mean, the whole, the whole idea of, of player injury helping unders, like, that, that's a big right. thing. I mean, I, what, what, what are the chances McCaffrey gets hurt? Nine, ten percent, probably. They given histor historically, like yeah. you have to factor that in. Yeah. You know, what are the Yo, chances Debo the, gets? The, what are the yeah. chances Debo gets hurt? Like fifteen percent. Like way, we Debo should, gets hurt all the freaking time, I and should, the way he plays, like, it, yeah. I should have mentioned off the top that the reason you're having all this money still not bet yet is because you're waiting to play unders primarily. Yeah, I'm waiting. I, I think yeah. a lot of things are going to get better. Yeah. Just especially in Las Vegas, given the fact that the Super Bowl's out here, you have. You you know you normally have a big influx of tourists here to watch the Super Bowl. Now it's kind of on steroids, and so I, I imagine we're going to get more public money, having an outsized impact on these lines. So we will see these lines creep up and up and up. We're going to see, you know, I, I wonder where like where where do you think McCaffrey rushing yards is going to close? It was, I think it, it opened around like eighty eight and a half to ninety two and a half ish. Jeez. You know, is it going to get two hundred? Can't. It can. Two years ago, I bet Cooper Cup under 112 and a half receiving yards. He won the MVP that year despite going under. Wait, you think McCaffrey will go up eight more yards between now and game time? Oh, I would be disappointed if he didn't. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think there's a very good chance. I think I might be able to see what McCaffrey. About check going you you, you might see. Might yeah. What about check getting it's to, 40, true. to 44 He's, yards? <laughs> 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 well, we'll see the impact of this podcast. And there goes Juszczyk. Juszczyk was a half. McCaffrey, McCaffrey has been benched for Juszczyk. <laughs> they found their new running back. Harvard's Kyle Juszczyk, as you pointed out. Um, so, so I do think these, yeah. I, I do think these numbers will will rise. I mean, I was able to bet last week at Circa, um, or whatever it was, two weeks ago, the conference championship. No McCaffrey rushing touchdown at like plus two fifty, 
and then also no McCaffrey, like McCaffrey under one and a half touchdowns at minus 190. Both of those bets lost, mm -hmm. but I thought they were both really, like good prices, and I anticipate being able to get better prices you know, next weekend or this coming weekend. Anything else? Um, let's see. You have that fourth down. Anybody will make a fourth down. What do you think about oh, that kind of stuff? I have numbers on that. I didn't see any value. I have it. I mean, I do think someone will make a fourth down. I agree that both of these coaches, despite being like very good schematically, are very you know, suboptimally conservative on fourth downs. Um, but I think I have. Um, hold on. I have a. I have a list. I have all these things that integrate. All right. Here's here's I why have to search for this, this is great radio here. This, right? is, this is why Todd doesn't have a podcast. Fourth. I know he thinks it's his show, but he has no sense of time, so he has no fundamental right. filter of sending <laughs> you da down a totally different rabbit hole, so that we'll be here for another thirty minutes. Well, it does not get it. Will there be a fourth down? I, I, I make I make yeah. the yes. I, I make the yes down. minus three eighteen. I think one th interesting th thing to remember yeah. in general. I'll say it matters for fourth down, but in general, when you're thinking about the game when you like sort of search and say oh you know these teams have only attempted one two-point conversion this year right yeah. well think about the game scripts they've been playing from during the season they both made the super bowl they both won a lot of games they've both been playing from ahead yeah when you're playing from ahead you don't go for fourth down as much because you have the sort of the fourth and ones sure. right you have the fourth and one analytics plays and then you have the desperation fourth downs when you're down and you have to go for fourth down so they haven't really had as many of those and so uh, I think that is worth considering in terms of um, the fact that you will have a team playing from a negative game script here. And so that's why I think it's probably much more likely that you get a fourth down than their base rates, than the offensive base rates this season. So smart. That's the thing with the two-point conversion. Exactly. And if it is fourth down, you got to give it to Juszczyk. Can him the ball Clearly. and let him run. He can break it for fourth. Wait, no. What if Juszczyk, what's going to happen is Juszczyk's going to get his carry on a two-point conversion attempt, and it's not going to count for the not, yards. It's not going to count. That's exact, I'm going to love this. That's exactly what's going to happen. That or the, he'll oh, get man, two carries, funny. a gain two, and lose yeah. two. Uh, it's so screwed. By the way, plus 270, over a half a yard. I don't see how you can't bet that. Anything else? Because um, everybody's waiting for the usher, usher, uh, the usher, dis usher discussion. Usher. You know, I, I actually took something on Jawan Jennings for. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say I like Jawan Jennings overs, um, but I, I certainly. Well, I think I did. Um, I haven't bet much many of them yet. Clearly, I have like two bets on Jawan Jennings at this point. But uh, I think it was first reception or longest reception or something like that. But Jawan Jennings is someone that stands to benefit from an injury rather than um, be hurt by an injury. Not to himself, but right, it's much more likely if, if Debo gets hurt, if Ayuk gets hurt, he's going to see more playing time. Um, and so I think, I don't know if that, clearly that's, it's not likely that one of those guys gets hurt, but you have to consider, um, you have to consider that possibility. And so when I sort of run these simulations, I actually do factor it. Like I have a thing that says, what's the probability that, that one of these guys gets injured, what's his projection if that happens? And so, you know, if I simulate an injury happening midway through the game, you know, Jawan Jennings' projection for the second half at that point is going to go up. Um, I think this is just for anybody listening. This is so fascinating because it shows the different ways that you think of things, not just what you just described about Juwan Jennings with an injury simulation to someone else, but also what you described before about how these both teams are used to being ahead in games. Obviously, one will not be here. And so 
if you're, again, getting back to the, if, if Rufus is your North Star to emulate, these are all the, how long, how many years did it take you to happen upon all of these different things? You didn't come out of the womb thinking all these things, right? Like well, how many years? The injury of stuff is, is more recent, I think, trying to quantify that. I see. Okay. I think it matters more now with all the alternate type props available now and outside of Nevada, especially, you know, they offer all these tail event props. And I think those, I, th I think that's where it, the injury stuff really does matter. So interesting. Um, okay. So how are you deploying? Okay, you guys I bet it depends for either guy, the injury rate on an in game, the injury rate goes up substantially. If what just happens? Just so you know. If what happens? I mean, if, if let's say I take a, a quarterback over attempts, oh, the, him getting injured happens way more often than he would if I didn't have the bet. Somehow so, somebody tells them, <laughs> they, they wire it down to the sideline. They go, Stafford, get him out of the game. He's going to go over. Todd, will you, will you tell me who you bet over on just so I can yeah, uh, thank you? I'm much, I got to put that in my model. You, you know what the real thing to know from Todd is? Whatever WNBA bet he makes, it is a, he is like, a, uh, I think, a documented 0-58 run right now, currently. I was uh, I was doing really well in WNBA early last yeah. year, and so I got, like, cocky, and I thought, oh, well, I have this figured out. And then I just got, <laughs> those ladies just took me to the cleaners. And, he, oh, and, he's, and he's really sympathetic to them when they do. Oof. Like, he's re he handles uh -huh. it very well. I never well. say any misogynistic yeah. terms. No, he handles it really uh, well. I take it in stride. Yeah. I'm very, very calm about it. I don't yell and scream. It's, it's very nice. Anything else where I'm, I'm, I love it hearing all this. Um, you know, I, again, I haven't really, uh, okay. all right. we can get um, Usher. Mahomes under four and a half rushes at even money or better. Okay. I took, um, again, he's not like, that's, if you think the chiefs are going to win the game though, that's see, that's correlated with the chiefs losing the game a little bit because quarterback kneel downs, the kneel downs count as rushing attempts. That's the, the thing. Oh, so, right, right. That's the tricky one. And if the kneel downs come, they come in spurts. So, <laughs> sorry. Yes, they do. They come in but spurts. The typical <laughs> kneel down. Yeah. But, but Rufus, the typical kneel down is only a minus three, not a no, minus, it's a minus one normally. But this is a rushing attempt prop. No, no, but I'm asking you, in a, in a typical uh, kneel down, isn't it three kneel downs for minus one, minus one, minus one? Yeah, but you might, you might, right. You might have two kneel downs, though, if, like, you know, you get the first down and there's a minute and five seconds left. Right. Right. And, but I'm saying, yeah. oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so it could, you, you don't know how many, get, yeah, it's not always exactly right. three. Right. The reason that that happened with, with the Chiefs that one year is because there was a little bit more time left. And so he was trying to he was trying to kill out the time. Yep. And that's why he was running backward, which was such a weird scenario. Was that, that the, almost I bet you yeah, that's that won't happen. Was that the Niners Super Bowl? It was. No, that was rare. That's rare. Yeah, he it was nice. But, but it makes it cheap. makes more sense than actually running than running a play into the line and risking a fumble. He like I remember like last night watching like one of them was like seven yards, wasn't it? Like, yeah, and he, he just, just held the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like it's I mean I think it made sense for yeah. the Chiefs to do that rather than risk a fumble. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. All it right. was in that weird down, zone I think he where threw they it in the end zone. Yeah, the, I think it was Neil, but, Neil, Neil, and then there was fourth down. There was still some time on the clock, so yes. he just threw it up for grabs. I had forgotten. By the way, do you all? I think, but near the end zone. Do you all remember that Super Bowl when Tom Brady had the the safety on the intentional grounding when he threw the yes, ball 50 yards downfield down the middle of the field for the yep. first score? Oh, that yeah. was the Giants, what 2012 Super Bowl, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Have you ever seen an intentional grounding on a throw down the like? 
metal like that before? They, there was a there was a few weird ones this year where Gino, I remember yeah, Gino year. had one where it was it wasn't an intentional grounding. It was just a, he misread. Like he and the and the wide receiver had a miscommunication. So Gino ends up throwing it to nowhere when he just thought the wide receiver was going to break, and they called an intentional grounding they, on him. On right, they started yeah. doing yeah. that more this year. Yeah. Aaron Aaron Schatz calls it accidental grounding. Which accidental grounding. Yeah. Sure. I mean, how do you how do you read somebody's intentions? That's exactly right. Well, I mean, but yeah, I'll tell you, you know, you know, it, it's like the official score for NBA on assists, right? Or like, yeah. a very subjective. Very subjective. That's all right. I, I don't know if intentional is in the definition. I just think it's if you're under pressure and you throw it where no receivers in the area, and you, then they then they throw the flag. I don't know if intentions factored into it. Well, why is it called that? I wonder. I wonder. I'm gonna open up the rule book here. Why is it called? Is that? it called intentional grounding? <laughs> or are we just we it just made it up? Is, yeah. I mean, it is technically called intentional on, grounding. On the yeah. Yes, no, whether or not this is a psyop for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl <laughs> and then have a Travis Kelsey and, and uh, what's your name get married at halftime and tell and say that Biden, you should vote for Biden. Because I mean, the, the yes on that is, is plus 160. There's a lot of value for I'm, psyop. I mean, Todd, it either, either happens or it doesn't. So it's got to be 50 50. Yeah. I mean, but what have you seen in, like, <laughs> in previous games? How many psyops have you seen in previous NFL games? That's what I'm saying. Okay. You know, I've either Todd, I've, I've either camp. seen them or I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can tell you. All right, so we have to we have to do this before we leave because uh, we've had a bit of a cottage industry on this podcast nailing half times. Whether it was Bruno Mars back in the day with the uh, Pompadour, whether it was Katy Perry's first song, you name it. Usher, Usher going to do the halftime show and uh, a lot of speculation as to what the first song is going to be. I've talked about it on a numbers game and I thought because he said you know, this is going to be a real R&B thing. By the way, did they take it down, Will, just now as we were doing this podcast? Who's that? The place that offers $10 limits? Yeah. I think they uh, took it I down. To I, yeah, I mean, I don't Gilly, think it's I not bet, a real market. I bet Usher Hava Nagila first song. Hava Nagila will not be the first song. Anyway, it, it, they, as we're doing this podcast, I don't see it anymore. And earlier on the radio side, they had locked out one option, which is real great bookmaker uh, conduct, isn't it, when they lock out one option Ridiculous. and then just take free money on everything else? What we have figured out. So usually we do this by set lists. And Usher starts all of his concerts with this song called My Way. If you're an Usher fan or an R&B fan, you're familiar with Usher's My Way. It's not exactly a typical song that one would start their halftime show with. In his case, you'd probably start it with more of a banger, like OMG or Yeah, for those, again, who know Usher and R&B. Probably not the EDM stuff, um, but probably one of those two. But it looks like it is actually going to, if you're reading the tea leaves on this stuff, Caught Up was the favorite, but My Way got locked out. They put it up for a little while longer with My Way at even money, and now as we're doing this podcast, Will, I don't see it at all anymore. Where is this, Gilly? Uh, at a little offshore place called Wager on the Internet. Oh. Where they take $10 max bet. Yeah, where it's like a $10 max bet anyway. So anyway, people want to I like to do in-game on Usher because then you you can get a feel for, like, which song he's going to do based on how he's dancing, you know? Yeah. And then you can figure it out. What's great is that use check will run across the stage while he's performing. <laughs> he's going to gain so many yards. Uh, okay. So we don't really have any Usher intel in, in, in other than it. I think it's probably my way, right? If we're reading the team. I think of the – 
yeah. the Brian Windhorse where he's got the two fingers pouring it up. Why would they do that? Why would they exit out? Why, why would they do that? Why would I they do that? Yeah. Uh, okay. Rufus, always interesting, man. Always interesting. I think. Oh, I, I agree. I concur. And what's, 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 I think what's most notable is that I know you have so much evidence to support your props that whether they win or lose, I get it. Right, like I can't, I can't push back on what you're doing because I know you have it, like absolutely, uh, keenly researched by the numbers, and so that's uh, that's unassailable. Well, not as much He's this year as previous years. It feels like I'm a little behind. You'll but get there. I'll get there. You'll eventually. Get there. I'll get there. Yeah. Gilly, remember he's 90 10 to the under. So what's the big what's the big headline from this whole thing? Yeah. You don't even have to have all the modeling. Just spray at the the, at the unders and and you'll probably win, you know, 60% of what what uh what uh I'll Rufus say, wins. I mean, I'll say this though. The pro, I mean, prop prices are it's it's certainly much more efficient now than it used to be. Yeah. Back in the day, you could just basically blindly spray the unders. And you would bet early. You would go to the Westgate. You'd wait in line. You'd make your max bets. You'd go to the back of the line. You'd bet Keep again. Going. And you'd do that for however long it took. Till they till they close up shop. Till they close up shop. And now it's wait and but, then bet. I mean, but there's also some strategy there, too, because you knew other places copied. So. Ah, uh, yes. Gotcha. Um, Plus, you were trying to bet under, so you were probably waiting till the end, anyways, because oh. you wanted them to get all bid up, right? Well, we were betting. We were betting stuff where there was. It was pretty mispriced, typically. Yeah. In, like, the, in those days, it wasn't there, there an was, underfest, yeah. Like, you know, when, when you can bet, I've, I've said this, I feel like, way too many times, but when you can bet no roughing the passer at minus 115, like, I think everybody knows you don't need a good model for that. Imagine that was the price? No roughing the passer was minus That's what the win opened every single year. They kept doing it. They kept doing it. They, they clearly didn't I mean, take four notes. four years ago, I got clearly they didn't take notes. for plus 150. What'd you say, Todd? I said four years ago, I got use check over a half yard plus 450. Yeah, oh. That joke has gotten stale. Uh, you don't know about a use check? <laughs> I, think I, use I check. think I killed it with the right, running across the stage thing. Um, <laughs> okay. Rufus, uh, unabated, give the elevator speech for unabated. Unabated is an odd screen that provides, well, it's an odd screen, but it's so much more than an odd screen. Girl. <laughs> it's also... <laughs> We also provide educational content. A lot, Captain Jack does a lot of great stuff there and, and the community, a Discord. But I would say the primary thing is, is an odd screen that has a lot of bells and whistles that allows you to, um, to trade better. I use it literally every single day when I'm looking at college basketball stuff. For what primarily? For what? I, I want to know, know what the best price is out there. If I like a team, like, for example, Iowa State, I think I had a money line bet on them yesterday i made the price like plus two minus 108 and and i wanted to know what the money line conversion was to that and it turns out it's plus 113 and i was able to get a plus 118 not a big edge but still you know still whereas i wouldn't have had an edge on the side so it allows you to uh in essence compare different markets um and it, yeah there's there's trading tools that really enable you to uh get the best price and I've, i find i find value in it personally gil like this is all stuff that i've i had kind of um, built stuff like this myself for, yes. before for betting, and so these tools are, are useful. We're not, it's, As we're, not, we're not giving picks or anything like that. Right. What we're doing is saying, like giving you tools to, to get the most out of your betting. As, your pr as proud of the in-game lines? Yeah, we have an in-game tool, actually. Did you know that, Todd? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. No, I didn't. Oh, we do. Yeah, you can literally input game state and stuff like that during the game, and it'll give you the alternate line pricing. So you can see, like, oh, how much is this half point worth for a college basketball or an NFL game? Oh, that's interesting. But it won't show you what the what the line is from different places while the game's going. Oh, yeah, it'll do that, too. Oh, it's, wow. That's an cool. odd screen. Todd, Todd, we should have his board. As proud of that as you are of anything you've ever done, unabated? Definitely. <laughs> What's he going to say? Of course. No, he is. Uh, and Captain Jack is the commissioner of sports betting. That is the title I have bestowed sure. upon him, and I really think he does a great job. Um, by the way, you part of the Captain Jack uh, big super stream uh, Saturday night or whatever it is that he does annually? I don't know. I'm not sure if I've been invited yet. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. My audio will uh, annu perennially suck, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, guys, great season of the Megapod. I cannot thank you enough. Uh, Todd, for his innumerable interruptions. Uh, it's part of your charm. We love you still. Uh, October 19th. October 19th. The great Todd Wishnev from his mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh, PA. Thank you, Toddy. Now you say you're, you're welcome. welcome. Thank you. Oh, God damn it. Uh, and then Will Hill, everybody. Uh, first year on the Megapod. Let's do another one next year. And by the way, the next time I talk to you guys will be for the March Madness Pod. Ooh. Rufus, thank yeah. you. <laughs> thank you, sir. As always, a pleasure. Hey, thank you. We'll try to get you onto uh, Media Row if we can, so you can uh, meet people. Yeah. The great Rufus Peabody. At Rufus Peabody on Twitter, not only with Unabated Massey Peabody, and of course, the Bet the Process podcast, which he does with Jeff Ma. Tiburon's Jeff Ma. Yeah. You want to promote your uh, notebook again? No, it's okay. Uh, okay. All right. There's, not, there's, there's, not, there's not a lot to promote. <laughs> hey, <-o. laughs> Thank you all for listening. Uh, thanks for another spectacular year of the Megapod. Next podcast is probably going to be for Indian Wells, uh, tennis's quote-unquote fifth major. I'll do it with Drew Densick. Thank you for listening. Good luck with all your bets. Super Bowl 58. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.